On today's show, is Facebook in trouble yet again? Talk about Francis Haugen and the whistleblower and the outage and all the algorithm that's not great for teenagers. That's making everybody sad. Yes, yes, yes. And after that, we're going to talk about the latest developments in pharma because lots of money is being spent on AI with not a lot of benefit at the moment, but we're all kind of holding our breath, you know, like especially the rich people who want to live forever. So, yes, it's hundreds of millions for AI-driven drug development and AI-driven testing as well. Oh, and we're also talking virtual dogs. Did you know that dogs are using drug testing? No? We do now. There's a competition going to replace them using machine learning. All right. I feel like you guys just told the whole story there. I don't think we need to go into the whole story. Shut it all down. Uh, Smash that like button. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Tianxifu. Oh, by the way, this will be our first ever uncensored episode so i don't know what's gonna happen so none of us do actually <laughs> yeah tian who <laughs> edits and carefully crafts our podcast is having a uh, completely undeserved break so he's not trying to edit this podcast so anything I... we say he will stop censoring my my long rants about genocides uh okay but before we get into all this uh this is a beautiful fall day in new york city uh how about you guys it's, it's a raining it's also raining. It's an average rubbish day in London. And Max so is, typical by day the looks London. of his background, Max is, is fading in and out of existence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's always I'll, the case. That's not just there, the background. That's like everywhere he goes. <laughs> there's this alien structure. I kind of like it, you know? Like, it's 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 almost no, it, like... No, it's just a sad gaming chair. Yeah, everybody knows this. No, 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 no. So Seriously, cool. like, like, I had an interview with somebody and they legit thought this was the actual background. I, 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 so I can deceive people with this. I find that hard to believe. Uh, I find that very hard to believe. So the listeners, he has a a, a Zoom background or Microsoft Teams background that is flicking in and out of reality. (laughs) Like he's being beamed up to the enterprise is is terrible. It is an example of AI failing. You have two chairs. See, you said two chairs, held your fingers up and one of your fingers disappeared into another reality. AI sucks. This is one of the most used platforms on something that is a pandemic now that's been going for years and it still can't differentiate between a hand and a background. Oh no. See, when I mentioned un- when, when I mentioned uncensored unedited episode, that's what we're getting into like just quick cut the feed. Every every opportunity he has to like crap over everything. Okay, so yeah, on Microsoft speaking of Go. bad AI, speak, speaking of bad artificial intelligence, Facebook. Um you might, you might have heard of the outage. You might have experienced it. Apparently, WhatsApp is like a big deal everywhere else other than the United States. So I heard from a lot of international colleagues and my friends were like, you guys don't know what it means to us when we couldn't do business for like the whole day and the money we lost. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and then, but that's, outage is a whole other story. But the, the point is, a whistleblower has came out and collected thousands of pages of documents claiming that Facebook kind of you know i guess nobody knows about this but everybody everybody knows about this saying that hey the the algorithm is kind of focused on quote-unquote engaged uh post meaning that the the post that stoked the most emotion now zuckerberg came out and said why would i create a platform to stoke hatred and to her credit the whistleblower right yeah so so yeah exactly so she she never say he built the the platform to stoke hatred she basically just say hey this is a platform that we could have done more 
to not spread the false information because the bad information always stoked more. And to Facebook's credit, they have really, really good internal research team and they researched the heck out of this. So it's the internal... And then did nothing. And did nothing. They they keep doing internal research reports where they're like, oh, we're leading to deaths. We're completely causing a whole generation of mental health issues. 30% of the teen teen girls... 30% of the teen girls said that (laughs) they're... They make Facebook and Instagram make their um, um, suicidal thoughts worse. Seventeen percent said that they make their hate their body image just have just after like you know a little bit of time on Instagram. And of course, like Seb was saying, they did nothing. So here we are. Just they, they're following the British monarch uh, idea. <laughs> Do nothing. So, so that's yeah. here's here's the thing. It's anyone that is a a tech journalist, a tech reader, kind of vaguely interested in Facebook is not going to be surprised by any of the things the whistleblower said. However, it's a proof. You know, it's it's hard documents, concrete testimony in a legal setting from a Facebook employee. And it also is, you know, 60 minutes, it's Senate hearings. These are not, this is a wider audience of people that might have necessarily heard or cared about these previous disclosures. So on the one hand, it's completely passe because we knew all of this. And on the other hand, it's huge news. But, you know, two years ago, we had Zuckerberg in front of Congress kind of, you know, like trying to answer concerns about like some of the very same issues. And they just like it did not leave lead anywhere. I don't think it raised awareness. So I think here's the difference. So so New York Times, you know, clearly point out that this time, I guess, the, the hearing. It's the most time she's ever heard the senator saying algorithm over and over. And it's just like, last time wasn't the case. That's some people are trying to figure out. And then that's, that's, you know, according to New York Times, they, they were trying to avoid saying the word algorithm because they don't know what it means. And this time they are yeah. more aware because I think after January 6th, uh, you know, after all the things that's happened in the last year and then during the election, people, and, and you know, I was going to open with like, hey, uh, there's another word to to put this to unite the Senate, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, because they, they, they seem to get bipartisan support. Now, now both sides are actually on the same page and saying, like, I don't know, we're going to break up Facebook, but something needs to be done. So the, the, the thing is, if you compare it to the previous hearing, that was an election year. And it was it. The, the difference was the focus from the right wing was called, always about why have I been censored? Why are there shadow bans? Mm. And it was mm. much more just a political theater. How do I get this clip that can be shown on Fox News or be shown by my campaign right. or, you know, essentially the same thing. This time, because it was a, an engineering led discussion. And every time those kind of talks came along, it was pushed away by Haugen. She went back to all I know about is how this algorithm has messed with people. But when we talk about the algorithm, we can't embody it as its own thing. That it's just this nebulous entity that we have no control over. This is the creation of human beings at Facebook mm-hmm. who intentionally built something. It reacted the way it did. They studied it. They knew how it was uh, interacting with people. They knew what it did to people. And they decided not to do anything about it because engagement was the number one priority. Yeah, I think I think I think that it, it if you, you said about the platform wasn't built for hate, we said about that. The nefariousness of the platform was built solely so Mark could um, uh, rate his college, the girls in his college year, like yeah, farm animals. Nefariousness yeah. in the platform dates back to its inception, and the fact that we've gotten to the stage where. Even Yanan thinks that Facebook is bad. Well, no, maybe not that far, but <laughs> it, it, it's getting to a point where the fact that they could turn off their services in the way that happened, and we'll get on to that, 
cause so much panic, and yet we're talking yeah. about you know pre- breaking them up, regulating them, but they already own so much, and and yeah. we'll come on to the, their other business models as well, because there's some other things coming up more related to AI, but it, it it's crazy how you know oh now that it's not an election yet everything's coming you know full force. No, but it was a one-two punch, right? On one hand, we just like we had this, this you know, people testifying that Facebook is is a little bit evil, you know, like in a very traditional sense of the word. On another, because of the outage, we know just how much people rely on Facebook. And again, you you, right. you said like especially around the world, maybe not in the US, yeah. But WhatsApp is our lifeline, you know, like it's, it's yeah. free communications. It's supposed to be encrypted. It it's it, it sounds good in theory, but obviously, yeah. So so no one company should have this much power. And it's just like we kind of mm. forgot about the concept of monopolies. Nobody talks about monopolies anymore we're surrounded by actual kind of like legal definition of monopolies and everybody's like "Eh, it's technology though like 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 this is how everything works surely me me and max were talking about it in get i know obviously to bring it back to gaming but this morning off air we were talking about microsoft microsoft recently bought bethesda which is a game studio huge Mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous oh yeah then they can watch it exclusively onto their platform um another one disney i mean you know Oh. And, and, and Marvel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so none of these deals should have happened, you know. Like the upcoming Nvidia and ARM merger, merger should not happen, but it probably it would. might not. No, no, that one at least it seems they they've they've bitten off a bit much. Yeah. So oh come I mean, on, Seb, give in to your hate. <laughs> I'm hoping it fails. Seb's <laughs> the voice of reason here. Also. I mean, uh, it it, it brings up like this question of what what can be done when you have an entity like Facebook. Yeah. Um, and there's the the two avenues yeah. or the three Speaking avenues. One like is just Lenin. A, <laughs> he sees well, them well, before we talk about well, what can so, be done should we talk right. about what should be done well here's what can be done and then you can decide like how how which one we should do because either you leave it you go yeah. like okay whatever you know people mm-hmm. uh can make informed decisions if if they read a facebook post that tells them they should take horse drugs and they decide to that's on there uh second is break them up so you split off whatsapp split off instagram split off oculus and stuff like that make it much harder for facebook to acquire new startups and the third is regulation mm. of algorithms. And that is the most mm. difficult one because regulations, A, really struggle to keep up with shifting technologies. B, companies can bog that down in court saying, oh, this is trade secrets, or this is constantly changing. We are holding, withholding data. And then if, you, if America is regulating the algorithm in America, what does the impact have in other countries? We don't know. So it's very uncharted territories. And 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 yeah, and the way it works, kind of like in the U.S. government, is 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 when they create a regulator for technology, they're gonna they're gonna pick and choose, you know, like former executives and people and mm. subject matter experts, and you, you know, like it's like like Ajit Pai, you know, like sort so, sort of regulating FCC, you know, like it's yeah. gonna be something like that. It's gonna be a former Microsoft exec regulating Facebook. You Brad know that the con- the congressman from Idaho isn't gonna know what an algorithm is, you know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, the, the some senator thinks that you know. Um, Google, you know, and Facebook is the same company, right? So, but the, the, but the thing is, you know, I think I remember a time where Instagram was just like from the time it, 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 it show you post from the time they were posted, right? It was just like years ago when I first signed on. I think for like a brief six month that I, when I first had my Instagram, it was like that. It was just like, okay, my friends post this and later my friends post this. I can go for, you know, you know, chronological order on the time from the time they posted. That was kind of great. And I think I like Instagram. I miss that Instagram. I don't want to see, hey, this is the most engagement or we think, you know, I go through Instagram, Instagram stories sometimes. I watch people practice basketball, like move. I, I'm 
terrible basketball player, but I watch them because I want to watch. There's no chance after two basketball funny basketball move videos teach you how to do certain moves. It doesn't lead to a TikTok video of a girl uh, reposting their TikTok video on Instagram doing silly dance and stuff. I'm just I don't want to watch this. But then they give it to you. They feed it to you. They don't care what I want. They they're giving me what I what I think a guy like me at my age will want, and that's ridiculous. Well, I- they, they've could've, created could've a hall of mirrors back to that? and they're conf- yeah they've created this hall of mirrors and everyone's confused that when you walk into this thing you see tons of ugly crap right that that's yeah. it reflects back horror at you this yeah. warped version of your reality amplified by a thousand times and but we're so used to it now no no but it also doesn't give you the opportunity to create your feed which mm-hmm. i think was the Correct. original idea and it was the Correct. same for, for for twitter for example so when twitter stepped away from an uh, actual kind of you know like an actual timeline none of those are timelines anymore they can't be called timelines because yeah chronological order that was bad times and that was the beginning of the end and twitter is kind of is getting is getting harder to use every day because they're embracing yeah. this idea that the algorithm know, knows better than you so people right. had carefully curated carefully constructed feeds you know like that perhaps you know like it's related to your to their work or their interest or their hobbies and now all of that is out of the window because no matter how much you curate they're still going to show you crap that you did not select you probably don't want there but it we, we, we kind of we decided we're being force fed content yeah. we don't like and we decided that that's somehow okay oh i'll just scroll past this and the scroll past is 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 is, is, is only accelerating and increasing you know Right, and all of a sudden their ads got really good, and I, I'm like, okay, yes, I, I, it's time for me to buy another pair of shoes, and it's just like ridiculous. And I think that's on the obviously, I guess the micro level that it affects our daily lives. Like, oh shoot, I don't want to do this. So I try to avoid Instagram as much as I can when I'm not when I'm not traveling, because it's just like when I'm at home, I don't need to post things about my child every every now and then. But I think on the global level, and and Seb, this is maybe a teaser for you or to share something you you prefer. It creates this global populist movement from all the politicians. And I don't have much evidence to this. this is kind of my own observation. I do think that the, the politicians not just pander to post, right? Pander to social media, their algorithm. Now the algorithm because they stoke emotion. And when you when you stoke emotion, you know, with what the politicians try to stoke emotion, it's just not a good combination, you know. So so it created this movement where they they're pandering to, you know what, eighty percent of my pop my, my country will think this and they will like this if I say something outrageous. And they will create the most that will at least put me on top of other politicians who are running for the race or whatever. So it kind of created this movement of like this populist, you know, idea. I think even if, if you go back yeah. like four years ago, there was a big movement where brands, when they were just getting onto onto social media, they had they were kind of very stoic. They didn't really know what to post, and they started mm. pandering essentially. Yeah, that's a good way to put it to their audiences. So you know, uh, Wendy's, Chick Fil A, you know, all of those are notorious for social media to the point where actually audiences took notice of this and created a meme called silence brand whereby a crab with laser eyes was blowing them up and they would put mm-hmm. that in the responses it, now while i like the idea of memeing meme crabbing something to get it to go that won't work in this instance i mean tian you were right the other day i was on instagram and for some reason when you scroll down on the reels as they're called um, I was being advertised counterfeit shoes in India. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. How the, do you how do you stop this? The the thing is, the, the difficulty is, you know, like the, the crab anecdote. You are just playing in their game. You're you're engaging. You're taking part in that. And really, beyond uh, government intervention, the only thing one can do is try and disconnect oneself as much as possible. Which is easy for, say, Facebook as a social media platform, but. Like Tian was saying, WhatsApp has become so key and crucial to so many people's lives across the world. 
and that can have horrible unintended consequences. So we, I, I talk about it on pretty much every podcast because it's not covered and thought about enough, which is that there is a, a genocide in Myanmar that has been not, not until linked. now that is yeah directly linked <laughs> to Facebook directly repeatedly they were warned they knew that people were dying that whole population was being shifted out of a country in a genocide because of well in part because of their platform and they did nothing and and to get an idea of kind of the the mindset we're up against uh, I want to talk about another podcast favorite Eric Schmidt previous CEO of Google um, he traveled to Myanmar with Barack Obama during the kind of heyday of bringing the internet to nations will quote unquote, you know, civilize them, it will westernize them, it will make them like us. We just bring the internet, let the free market economy of, of open networks get into their head and, and they will all be like us. Of course, that doesn't happen. Every culture is unique. And then you add in this like hyper addictive platform with very little oversight and you get genocides. So I was watching a, an Eric Schmidt webinar the other day and this is what he said. As you do. <laughs> the vast part of innovation is occurring in private companies. 50 years ago, it was in government labs and universities. It is crucial that tech companies be allowed to go as far as possible. Why don't we wait until something bad happens before we regulate it? Our lawyers have asked to, me to read this statement. Um... <laughs> and it, no. it, 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 things have happened that are bad. Again and again and again, but no one cares. And and maybe it takes a whistleblower, maybe it takes a hearing, maybe it takes an insurrection for people to care, but it still doesn't feel like that. Apparently it doesn't take an insurrection. An insurrection can happen <laughs> and we just brush it off and it's business as usual. You well, know? It's, the yeah. same, it's the same with the currently ongoing. The Saudi Arabian investment fund owned by their leader has just purchased Newcastle. He has a 320 Nobody billion... Nobody cares about football. So No, this but... This is not AI. The, but... <laughs> it, it's relevant because the country still beheads adulterers and gays and has been found to have been involved in the murder of a journalist, a colleague and yet people brush it aside because like Seb says it's, you know, people brush things aside and move on yeah. And so the whole of Silicon Valley's financial market is, is completely inflated and um, massively invested in by Saudi Arabian funds and to assume that that has had no influence on how they operate and how they regulate and whether Google partners with the world's largest oil company, Saudi Aramco, is naive. So, so there's four of us here and all of us are thinking the same thing. The promise of personalization was a lie. So like when they pushed algorithms, the idea was that it's actually going to improve the content that it shows you. It's going to show you the content you're more likely to be interested in. And, 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 and you know, like that's more relevant to you. Right. And it was sold to you as a good thing. And it sounds as a good thing in theory, but they can't make it work. Basically, instead, what we see is uh, the kind of the algorithm constantly appealing to the kind of to the median, yeah. to the to the common denominator, you know, like instead of personalizing right. the, the output, it almost kind of like it, it makes you more mainstream. Oh, everybody likes these things so you should like them too and that's that's dumb that's that's not what we signed up for when we kind of like started giving information to facebook and this organization has profiles on everybody you know like consisting of several hundred different points and they can't use that to to show me the stuff that i might actually like and that's that's surprising i think also i think to me the solution is just like i would just love for a instagram version just to can we just up out of the algorithm i don't know if that's possible but i think to me that's like 
maybe I, I think breaking breaking up Facebook might be too much for the Congress to take up at this point. You know, just me being realistic. I don't I don't see. I mean, if they do it, I'm glad. And also also I don't think it solves the problem because I think it just creates. Many problems. Now we just have to deal with other companies. There's going to be five companies. Facebooks. Right, right. So how does that? How is that better? I don't know. Uh, but you know, it just it's just because I watch, and I th- it, it goes with all algorithms, like Max was saying. Like just because I watch one murder documentary on Netflix doesn't mean I want to watch all of them all the time. You know, I want to. You know, it's like you okay, once every six hmm. months I want to pick up like a murder mystery, but it does. That's not the only thing I want to watch. And so I often struggle with this, and I think it's almost like for anybody who are aware of the algorithm it's like a, like a constant wrestling with the algorithm like you know what I, on my YouTube I always like I watch enough Norm McDonald for the week I'm gonna just like I don't wanna see this channel anymore I wanna I wanna t- I shut it off but if, if, if my mind reminds me to see it I'll watch it again cause I don't need to watch all the John Cleese clips all at once you know like you, the, the, it just you have to constantly be aware of what's, what's going on I have to constantly say I don't wanna see this ad because it's working too well for me you know so uh, burn down so basically a- as we saw Facebook can be taken offline. Unfortunately, currently, the best person at taking Facebook offline is Facebook. <laughs> I mean, all, all we can do is, as individuals, is have different platforms. You know, when, when Facebook went down, 70 million people downloaded Telegram. Um, don't use something that is bad for you if you don't have to. If you live in a place where WhatsApp's the only option, you got to use WhatsApp. If, if your grandma is on Facebook and you want to talk to your grandma, use Facebook. But where you can, it, it, you have to look at it like not smoking or, you know, wearing a seatbelt. You just, it's the best we can do is cling on and, and hope that we're not too much ruined by an entire structure designed to ruin our minds. Wait, do you say cling on? He did, he did. Cling <laughs> on. Um... Right, it's like smoking. So yeah, maybe that's what went through Max Mai when he smoked his first cigarette at age nine. Yeah, look there he is. <laughs> Cling um, on this, and uh, you can't talk about smoking without me lighting up. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Alright, alright, with this cigarette, it's time to talk about some advances in AI for drug development. And again, we're not going to go too deep into this because these are very, very difficult, very complicated matters. You know, like these people have brains the sizes of planets. But for a gentle introduction, let's talk about virtual dogs and why they're important. (laughs) Over to you, Ben. Yes, so um, many people have pets. I, for one, have a stuffed Pikachu that sits near my webcam. But many of you have dogs. Now, I bet you didn't know that dogs are used in drug testing. Mm-hmm-hmm. Well, legally, in the UK, for example, you must have a drug must be tested on two animals. One must be a rodent, so r- r- mice or rats. Uh, I guess guinea pigs are a rodent as well. I don't know. Um, but also, it has to be tested on a non-rodent. Um, so many things are used from fish to cows, uh, pigs. I mean, we've got a lot of spare pigs in the UK at the moment. Um, but dogs are one of them. Um, so statistically, uh, I'm reading these here, over the last year of the 208 million procedures involving live animals, 2,700 were dogs from a total of 4,300 procedures. That's from the Kennel Club. Um, now, yeah, so um, 
in, so the UK National Centre for the Replacement, Refinement and Reduction of Animals in Research, mouthful down to NC3R, basically are offering innovators $3.65 million to create virtual dogs for use in drug testing. Great, great news for those who, like me, love dogs. Um, so the actual challenge itself is encouraging innovators to develop models using advanced mathematical modeling, machine learning approaches to predict unexpected effects on drugs on hu of drugs on human health in order to avoid dogs being used in tests. Um, personally, you know, just throwing my opinion out here, fantastic, absolutely great. I'm a huge dog person. Uh, all I do is follow dog accounts on Twitter. Um, I'd highly recommend looking up the golden ratio. They're fantastic. Um, yeah, I think this is great. I think it's interesting and it, because it's for good, I think you're going to get a lot of interesting innovators come out and work in this space rather than just more drone swarm competitions yet again. So, 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 so is the whole segment just us agreeing on not killing dogs is a good thing? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. uh, I agree. Well, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. might disagree. But... Spot, spot the, yeah, yeah, the, what's There's his no name? The contrarian. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think obviously it's a, it's a noble aim. The, the problem is, if the regulator doesn't accept it, doesn't accept simulated right. stuff, then it's not that helpful. Um, and the difficulty of testing the results against reality, are they going to have to drug up a bunch of dogs and see if it right. matches the models? <laughs> um, you know, that's but not ideal. I guess my that's... question is, how well does it work so far? Actually, synthetic data in, in, in kind of armor research is, is, is a thing. And it's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of startups that, again, kind of flogging this idea. Now, to me, it has always sounded weird because, like, yeah, if you, if, if yeah. you can sell them, simulate living organisms to, to, to such degree, you know, like that's just it, do human. solved medicine. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the so, like, the Human Brain Project, uh, ongoing yeah. EU project. Yeah. To, to never going to be finished. Of the yeah. human, exactly. It's never going to be finished. Yeah. Billions are being sunk into it. And there's just so little we know, and there's so right. many difficulties. You know, uh, Department of Energy have Candle, which is a machine learning um, program to try and help work on cancer. And again, the the amount it takes just to simulate a couple of cells is is the the most powerful supercomputer in the world can't handle it. It to so you're not getting a life for like digital dog. You're getting kind of basic organ reactions and responses. Yeah, yeah, and we can, but we can simulate C. elegans. We can do that, right? It's just like we can, we can simulate nematodes. We can simulate single cell organisms. I think, I think that is more or less. Yeah, we, we kind of like more or less figured out. But yes, yeah, single cell organisms. That's what we're talking about. Single cell organisms, and not even at like <laughs> the highest possible resolution. It's still several right. layers of uh, magnitude lower resolution than like we'd ideally want if we're trying to work out how to create drugs and see if they make your head swell or like what's all the crazy stuff people say COVID does to you COVID vaccines oh, it makes you magnetic uh, you attract it yeah, makes them impotent doesn't it um, oh yeah. big thank big you Nicki Minaj's cousin yeah, yeah. Um, but no I think the interesting thing about the challenge is that it's not just a research group doing it Gilead Ellie Lilly and I believe Bayer are yeah Bayer involved so you know that's three absolute titans getting involved on this and that's a good sign because it shows that they're trying to, you know, realign their ways to be a little bit more um, uh, inclusive or, or, or like kind of wholehearted. My only fear with this is that, OK, yeah, fantastic. They're saving some dogs. They're making dogs alive a little bit better. So they're not, you know, and human lives, hopefully. On. Yeah. And human lives as well. My only fear is, OK, what about the uh, cats you're using? What about the rats you're using? You know, I'm 
you know, obviously I'm not as big on animal testing as, say, someone who, who would go and protest with XR or whatever. But the fact that they're just doing with this one, okay, maybe, like you said, Max, baby steps, they're going to work on to maybe other animals five to ten yeah. years down the line. That That's my theory is they're just focusing on one line and I want to see this kind of branched out across but obviously we've got to get this synthetic data problem i like the idea of using single cell organisms that's <laughs> that's absolutely yeah, that, that will change the problem yeah <laughs> but I, I do like do you know what the one thing i like about this is that they're saying that, hey we're not doing tests on dogs anymore and our reaction is like you were doing tests on dogs <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like... the best, yeah. for me I mean... for me it was good because when i wrote the story for aibusiness.com um yeah plug um i got to pick cute dog pictures and there are tons of them. That's the best thing about my day. I mean, Elon Musk is operating on monkeys and pigs, but yeah, yeah, no yeah. But, 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 but the, exactly. the the environmental crowd still loves him. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so he, he's operating on pigs. I Boris Johnson has one hundred twenty-five thousand. <laughs> so obviously, this is one way AI can help with healthcare. But you guys have been constantly writing about a bunch of AI companies saying getting tons of money. <clears throat> saying we can like solve healthcare max what, what do you think how, how close are we to solving all ailments well the thing is forever? yeah 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 we don't know but basically there are a couple of companies that have been making waves so for decades i think you know like sort of like serious former research was dominated by by a few big names and they're just like we've heard some of them before you know buyer kind of gsk nova nordisk but there is a whole generation of startups like which are completely 100% AI driven. And this was their origin point, you know, like they're AI researchers rather than, you know, like pharma researchers. And it's just like some of these companies have figured out ways to look for new drugs very effectively. And one of them is, and, and, and sorry if I'm mangling this, Exientia, which apparently means subconscious in, in consciousness. Latin? Consciousness. Okay. <laughs> consciousness so they're the a uk company uh the legend is actually quite beautiful you know like it was it was kind of like the guy refined the ideas behind the startup on his way home from a research lab for many years um they're basically they're based in wales and they've just scored um they just went public on nasdaq, NASDAQ which is like it's it's a big it's a big achievement for a small company from wales uh and um raised 305 million directly uh sort of like via their public offer and another 160 million from uh, Division Fund 2 and the Gates Foundation. And I mean, again, those are organizations very, very interested in, in, in healthcare. Masayoshi Son also wants to live forever, and, and Bill Gates does, definitely. And this is not Exientia's first involvement with the Gates Foundation, so they've done it at least twice before, maybe more, where it's just like the foundation gives them a big chunk of money, usually kind of like more than, you know, you know like this... Um, that there was one deal worth 70 million uh, to develop specific drugs that was that 70 million was for covid so exientia is swimming with money everybody they, they they made everybody believe that you know like ai is going to help us discover the next generation of drugs they have three drugs entering early clinical trials and one of them interestingly some of our viewers uh, well <laughs> listeners might be interested is is a drug for adhd and if you know um the current crop of drugs for adhd it's it's, it's essentially glorified speed uh so so yeah not very good for you it might make you focus better but it might also make you a little bit of a kind of twitchy crackheady you know character Speedhead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll just pick up on that because you know we've been covering this for this company and I can't like existentia I'm sorry if I got your name wrong really sorry but they I picked up on the Bill Gates work because it's not just COVID they're also working on future pandemic response drugs so not just 
COVID-19, but novel coronavirus generally as a whole. And they're also mm -hmm. working on animal to human viruses, which at the current rate of deforestation and impact on the environment are more than likely to becoming a th bigger problem in the next 50 to 100 years. Bill Gates, as we all know, is the man behind COVID. No, I'm joking. He obviously has been very vocal about planned, the need for pandemic planning five years before the bloody thing happened. So he knows what he's doing on this, which is why for me, rather than SoftBank investing, the Bill Gates actually taking the money onto this and investing is a big deal looking inward because it shows that actually they actually might have something. But then we were discussing at the top of the pod, actually to what extent is this actually going to work yeah so i i mean i have um a a preternatural distrust of investors um so so bill gates foundation for example uh has been involved in a lot of projects that have had a negative impact so they they did a circumcision drive in africa that was meant to lower rates of of aids and it raised it and they kept going um for example and then vision fund vision fund 2 which referencing earlier is full of saudi money uh obviously invested in we work invested in uber these are complete failures of businesses that were built on a house of cards and those were relatively simple businesses that you could have a, a non-tech person could have looked at gone through the books and gone ah this bit makes sense this bit doesn't holy hell what do you mean you're buying you're leasing spaces and then selling them to other people for less that makes zero sense Whereas the, the difficulty with AI, and which is why we're going to see the new Theranos's of, of the AI generation around the corner, and I'm not specifically speaking about this company, please don't sue, but it is very, very hard, even if you are good at AI, to, to effectively communicate that to anyone. Explain and how it very, works. Yeah. It's very hard to explain. It's very hard for an investor to know how much of that AI is actually AI, how much is contract workers manually doing stuff overseas, how much is AI that's just repackaged and resold. It's how much, there are a bunch of small startups that essentially resell Amazon and Microsoft as your AI and make a nice healthy margin in between and, and virtually do nothing other than change the, the interface. And they're just reselling and it's an entire business and they raise money from investors and all they have to do is say cloud services because cloud services is nice and vague. The, the, that's not a real company. There are gonna be a whole bunch of these. I don't know about this one, I'm not saying anything specific, feel free to invest. But one of these days, it's going to turn out a whole bunch of these are just complete bullshit. Yes, Our lawyers have asked me to read this statement. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to leave this podcast at once to protect so yourself. I, I think <laughs> this is going to be, there's going to be a bit of international competition in the space as well, because drugs like chips are still very much a matter of national production and, and, and manufacturing and, you know, like an, an, an international cooperation. And it's, 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 it's a very kind of like, it, it's a political subject, you know, like there's, there's Indian manufacturers who can do things off label because, because it's a poor country and they can just print those drugs that everybody else has to pay for you know like that's just one example but so what has happened in china just a month earlier is another company to aspiring to do exactly the same things ai for novel drug development called xlp closed series d 400 million you know like, and again very stringent investor uh, regulations and uh, oversight there everyone knows very <laughs> strange actually a whole bunch of their investors were were from the us mm -hmm. yes so yeah, my question is, how do you measure success in this case? Well, it's going to be when these drugs 
any of these drugs. Basically, the first the first AI discovered drug to be approved and to enter kind of what's widespread use. Not early clinical studies, but actually it, it, it's proven, it works. And I think we're going to see a real gold rush for these kind of companies, you know, like, but we need proof. We haven't seen the proof yet. Like, like this, as far as they progressed is early clinical studies. And that's, yeah. and that's great, but that's not really kind of, you know, like that's a very far away from an actual drug. <laughs> So yeah, one of the most uh, exciting and um, you know real ten, uh, uh, physical things that come out of it is DeepMind's AlphaFold, and like Max said, that's that's an early thing. That's not leading to any actual drugs, and it won't for a very long time. But that was still a huge leap and a a glimpse at what AI can bring to the healthcare industry. Um, and DeepMind are having a good 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 year, right, Max? Well, sort of. I uh, basically, yeah. DeepMind is an interesting company, but so, so so it's a it's a case study in how bleeding edge innovation does not pay the bills. So so, mm-hmm. so, so yeah. So 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 Deep DeepMind was was acquired by Google uh, for a bunch for, for a lot of money, and famously Google, well Alphabet. Sorry, uh, you know, like have to get your corporate. Hey, you ducks can't. In the you row. told me off for that this week, so that's that's on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Alphabet acquired DeepMind for a whole bunch of money, and then wrote off 1.5 billion of their debt. And this is how this year DeepMind was able to proclaim that it made it first its first profit ever. A total of 62 million dollars in plus. Which is great, which sounds great, but then you look at the actual work they've done and who paid the money and who was it? Any guesses? Was it Google uh, slash Microsoft? Alphabet? It was Google. It was Google. So basically, um, that's amazing. Some so so so, so Google paid great content. Deep, DeepMind for doing <laughs> things like estimating arrival, improving estimated arrival times on Google Maps, and and enhancing uh, Google Virtual Assistant, and improving battery saving features on Android. So they work. You know, they're applying the AI know-how across a whole range of problems. It's kind of interesting because yeah, yeah, it's kind of like chuck of all trades. You know, like whatever problem you want to solve. We, 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 we can try to solve this, um, but and they barely, but 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 barely broke but, even. But so yeah, it's internal counting. But and 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 even on that, there's the big caveat of Google repeatedly does these press releases saying, "Oh, DeepMind has done X. It's made X, you know, five percent more efficient, twenty percent more efficient, blah blah." There's no outside uh, checking because it's them selling themselves. So in my field, which is you know, uh, I, I write about data centers. Back in 2016, they did the big thing saying DeepMind had reduced the PUE, which is an efficiency metric. So they've basically made data centers 15% more efficient. Huge news. That's a huge jump in the industry. Um, I did some digging. It it was one facility. It was over a short period. Another press release. Oh, we've released it to all the data centers. Did some digging. No. Oh, we're going to release it to the the wider industry. It's going to be able to be working in power stations. It'll work in homes. It's just going to make everything more efficient. That was years ago. Uh, did some digging. No, they haven't. Will they talk to me? No, they won't. Um, 2016, still not really where they said it was in 2016. Really take these things with the biggest grain of salt you can get in these supply mm-hmm. chain difficult times. So, so if you so if so if you just join uh, the podcast, this has been Seb's therapy. And, uh, yeah, well, you said this is uncut. You always cut my rent. <laughs> yeah. right. If I, I you just I, talk faster. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't cut. You, to, you didn't make it shorter. You just talk faster. Yes. Always want us to yes, cut ben. the feed. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I think I, I will just jump in here because you talk about AlphaFold, and I, I completely agree with you, Seb, on that. Like data centers are a huge fucking problem when it comes to efficiency and energy. 
the only interesting thing about DeepMind for me personally is that they released AlphaFold 2 open source, which I never saw coming from an Alphabet-owned company. You know, it's on GitHub. You can go and download the source codes now. Fantastic. And I think that a couple of maybe other players might turn around and use that source code for something else and might make a profit from it. I don't know. But the fact that they did that is kind of weird considering that they're, they're not making it's like they're not making any money and they're chucking stuff right the yes ship. and and there is yeah complete there is precedent for taking kind of like you know like your open source uh aspirations right. and turning them into a massive commercial business like open ai did so it's just like if they wanted yeah. to do that they could do it they could spin it up as a tool that you have to pay for or a tool that is only available in google cloud for example you know that yeah, would, so, so forgive me for asking this question like so I don't know DeepMind that well, but at this point, are they just a bunch of, you know, fun nerds having a bunch of money and they're just playing around to see which ones stick? They're just throwing it's, things it's, at the wall? It's, it's that... a very um, difficult situation. So they, they, they sold themselves to Google, then they secretly tried to work out how to separate themselves from Google. Um, mm. they, they had one of their co-founders was highly abusive. Um, they tried to get into healthcare, as we've seen. I did a partnership with the NHS that was probably illegal. Uh, had right. got fined for that, have a lot of controversy about what data they're collecting. But at the same time, they have some of the greatest leeway in the AI, co corporate AI world. Um, right. So it, it's, a, it's a politically charged place, I think would be the safest mm -hmm. way of putting it. There's, there's a lot of, yay, we can do whatever we want until Big Daddy Google pops in for a day and then they right. have to uh, check some boxes and pay the tithe but you know like it's yeah. essentially it's it's just like deep mind is its own moonshot factory google and then alphabet you know like they always like mm -hmm. you know google x they always like this idea that they're just like okay it, we're gonna sink a bunch of money and it not might, might not be very useful now but 10 years down the line oh yeah this is where okay. right where we and, get and, shot. Max, and guess what Max. and guess what they have a lot of money to to, to throw down the to throw yes, out but the they've also anyway. yeah. been doing 10 year moonshots for more than 10 years uh, yeah. Name a moonshot that has been successful. The one thing I kind of and forgive me for not having like a more up up to date analogy. And if you come up with one, go ahead. This this reminds me of the early olden days of like when when America quote unquote forged the West. Right? It's the promise of gold. The promise of gold is there, and the idea that there could be gold and there's somewhere there, we know there's gold. And we just have to go find it. But yet, it's just been so much money and, and 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 effort are put in to find those gold. But actually, the people who are actually benefiting are the people who open hotels, are people who mm. open like little you know garage here and there. Cloud providers. That's why it's cloud providers. Uh, the the cloud biggest providers, beneficiaries exactly. of of this AI boom are cloud providers and Nvidia. Right. So so and, you're impressed and, with the analogies? What you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's a you know you did all right for a novice. <laughs> so what you're saying, Tien, is there's gold in them, their hills. There's there's gold in their <laughs> hills, true. but a lot of these AI companies have no gold, and right. are either hoping they'll find gold after pretending they have gold for ages, or never plan on having any finding right. gold. Right. So, so, so I think that's my point. Hill. That's so, right. <laughs> the hills have eyes, though. Uh, so the point the point of it is eventually somebody's gonna find gold, and after mm -hmm. a lot of money and energy pour in, by this point we're on the early stage, so we don't know who's gonna come on top yet. We just we're still at this point of we're spectators, just watching money being thrown in to like team up and, and find something, you know, up on the hills. But yeah, yeah. At this point, give us some money. <laughs> I mean, Sundar Pichai, CEO of Google, com compared AI to the invention of fire, which is hilarious. It's not yeah. that extreme. I mean, that, that, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, when AI can cook me deal. some no, I, I, delicious I, meat, then I believe it. Yeah. You know, like twenty years ago, we had a dot com boom. I'm sure, like people who were actually around, oh, they gosh. would have like very insightful commentary about what's what? happening with AI right now. <laughs> what? 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 Followed okay, the so boom, so Max? for AI business podcast, we don't really believe in AI or business. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it, Christ! The lawyers have said we've got to not turn up next week. The, I, the, the reality like your is. Desks. Uh, unlike Come crypto, on, we're, we're going home. This is a real thing. You know, there is there are real positive and negative, but real profound things that will come out of AI, come out of corporate AI, come out of healthcare AI, come out of all these things. But as a uh, investor species, we do not have a way of benchmarking this in a uh, in a way that's ever going to match the valuations these companies have. They are always going to be completely out of whack, and yes. to to assume that there's perpetual growth. Is, is ridiculous and silly. There, there's gone out to be some correction with some of these companies. Uh, it's hard to tell how big, how profound, how widespread it's going to be, but there are going to be a bunch of companies where it's going to realize all they do is either resell or sell snake oil, and they slap AI onto it. I mean, you guys talk to them all the time. You always talk to companies. You're like, okay, so what? you're an AI company. What AI do you do? How is this chatbot AI? How is this supply chain system AI? And there's just a kind of blinking of eyes, and then they explain something that's just a simple if this than that yeah yeah yeah. or on the best case there's some natural uh, language kind of processing that's baked in that they didn't even develop right yeah so where can we find you tn (laughs) (laughs) so do follow us and where can people find us max Yes, so mostly on Twitter at Max Smolax or yeah, every day on the website or send me an email at max at AIbusiness.com. Yep, same with me. You can always find me on AIbusiness.com and you can follow me on Twitter talking about the new Battlefield beta for the next two days. So yeah. Are, are they finally are they finally doing it? Yeah, no, it's today. I'm, I'm going to go early today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a video game person, listen to the previous episode. Uh, well, we talk all about AI and video games. But yeah, if you want to find me, Twitter, Seb Moss, but, but shameless uh, plug and, and relate to what we talk about is for the past six months, I have been investigating how Google treats its contract workers at its data centers and the like history of, of labor violations, uh, low pay, crimes, um, horrible working conditions, robots that crush people, uh, and all kinds of fun. Uh, if you uh, want 60 to minutes, that, uh, uh, Scott Pelly, if, if you're, you're listening, <laughs> Scott Pelly, please call him. The magazine yeah. is free. Uh, it's only possible to be free if you subscribe. Please subscribe. It's not part of AI business. They are going to cut me off. Yeah, the lawyers have said, can you leave, please? <laughs> this will be the only part I cut out, actually. <laughs> this is your, your shimless plug. And you can find me not using Facebook or Instagram at T I E N C H I F U. I'm kind of on Twitter. I don't know. You can find me. Are you guys off anytime soon, by the way? Like, I, I, I never <laughs> asked you. We should, we should coordinate it. I will work well, until I die. But I have this 22 start, and a half days. I have like four off. weeks left. I don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, we all yeah. do. But um, shout out myself. You don't have, you don't have four weeks, Ben. Come on. I have 22 and a half days. Myself and Max are going to Silicon Valley the first week of November for the AI Summit in Silicon Valley. I can't wait. I'm going to buy a cowboy hat. It's gonna you're going to see You're gonna see me and you'll, you'll see my legs for the first time. Yeah, you'll see how tiny I am in real life. 